Welcome to the Candy Chasers podcast, The Breaking Zone. Today, we're going to be slowing things down and we're going to be having a conversation with the one and only, the impossibly charming Carolyn from Doodle on a Motorcycle. And if you're not familiar with her channel, she's been making videos since 2016, basically documenting her writing progress. But before we dive in, there is still time to sign up for our last advanced rider training program of the year. It's taught at Utah Motorsports Campus. It's a really fantastic one-day riding school powered by Yamaha Champions Riding School. It's taught by me and Alex and a lot of other great instructors. It's going to be held on a Saturday, August 5th, 2023. And you can sign up at utahsba.com slash schools. And if you're not already there, uh, our Discord server, it's getting really fun over there. Lots of great motorcycle chat. Uh, we talk track days and great roads and riding techniques, uh, motorcycle playlists. Uh, make sure you sign up or head on over to our Discord server. There's an in, uh, invite link down in the description. Now, without further ado, I'm really excited to sit down and have a conversation with the one and only Carolyn from Doodle on a Motorcycle. I'm like gonna die. Never, never. See, I'm really excited to talk to you, not only because you are a motorcycle, fellow motorcycle enthusiast, but you're also a creator and you understand the pain of, you know, you put your heart and soul into something and you spend like weeks editing it. And you're like, this is, you know, my, my, my child, I will put it out for the world to see and we'll get like a thousand views. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so discouraging. Yeah. Like right now, my cross country series, it's a, it's a ton of stuff content that I've never done before so I really had no idea how it was going to perform and like a road trip video I've done so many of those I just have so much data to analyze I already know how to make it perform but all this new stuff I'm in the cross-country series I'm like I uh, this is new I have no idea how it's going to go and they've all been like okay but uh but I believe in them maybe they'll YouTube will find an audience well, for them they sure are in my feed <laughs> constantly cool. All of your road trip ones are constantly showing up into my cool, feed. Cool, cool. <laughs> that means you're watching my videos then. The algorithm's like, hey, remember this person? <laughs> Thank you. So since we're at the beginning of our conversation, I, I really, I really want to know. I want to know the origin story. I want to know what inspired, what drew you to motorcycles? Where did that come from? Um, you know, it was totally random. Like when I first got the idea to learn to start riding, I did not think it would be a permanent thing. I kind of looked at it like like skydiving, like you do it once and it's just a, like a checklist and then you move on with your life. So that was my summer, newly single. I thought I need to stay single and focus on myself, figure out what I want. And uh, I just did a bunch of things I'd been wanting to do for years and never prioritized before. So, and uh, learning to ride a motorcycle was one of them. I learned about the MSF course and I thought, perfect, I don't need to buy a bike. I can just learn in a safe environment and not have to commit more than a couple days. Um, but then after that weekend, I was hooked. I was like, um, this is my life now. <laughs> and it's just taken over and is <laughs> now my job. <laughs> so so you didn't discover it until a little later then? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was 25, I want to say. And I'm 33, going to be 34 in July. So one thing I've really loved about your content was kind of the the honesty of of like this learning experience right like a lot of people you know come on you, you edit out the part where you fall over you feel what i mean that's the best and, part well yeah <laughs> and it, it, well i think it makes you really relatable i think that's why people really like that channel you know that it's it's you know i've been riding since the late i got my first street bike i think in 1988 1989 Whoa. Right? So, so i'm old i'm an old dude that's the year i was born yeah, really, that's crazy. Uh, 89. It's hard for me to remember what it's like to be a new rider. <laughs> I'm jealous of you, though, being able to learn so early on in life. A big reason why I do what I do with all the education stuff was because of all the really terrible advice I got for years and years and years and years and years. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of safety that education that isn't wasn't available then I I've noticed just, yeah, it just didn't exist. I mean, it was you read magazines. You got it from magazines. You know, oh like, my oh, gosh. Yeah. And so you only got those once a month and you get your wow. magazine. You're like, you know, 
Oh my gosh, I can't imagine that is so insane. Yeah, that well, that's be... how we learned the racing too. Like if you wanted to like know what happened in the races, you would have to like wait till next month and see mm-hmm. what happened, who won the MotoGP race. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> so why did you decide to start a YouTube channel? What what inspired that? Um, I think because when I first started riding, I, I didn't know anyone who rode. And I, w- I wanted to talk about it so badly, but I didn't know who to talk to about it. Like I just, I didn't have a group of rider friends. Um, and I had, YouTube was such a good resource for me as as far as learning about motorcycles so that felt like kind of a good place to do it it felt like a like an online forum almost so I really just started posting videos to kind of document that and keep myself accountable and uh and anytime anyone comments I'm like oh I got four comments on a video oh my gosh and I could you know talk about it I could talk about the most simple things like I figured out fifth gear on my bike I couldn't find it you know and uh, well, at least the algorithm found a few people that were excited about that. And that was enough for me at the time. Yeah, it's funny. You look back and you're like, oh, I, you know, that first video that gets a thousand views, you're so excited. And now you're like, it only got a thousand views in the first hour, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I, I try to remind myself that a lot. Like if I get disappointed about how a video is doing, I'm like, OK, remember when there was a time where you were I was crossing my fingers or if I if a video got ten thousand if I posted on Friday morning and a video got ten thousand views on by Sunday I was like, whew, thank goodness. But now I'm like, hey, that can happen in the first day. If it's not a very good video, that could happen in the first day. So it's like I have to remind myself like uh, that progress and and again like also like that videos move differently. Like some some like start off low and then peak and then some take a big peak at, and but then they plateau after your core audience watches it. like maybe they're the only ones who care so there's it's kind of like your children like they're all different you know some they, like me I went to art school my sister she's currently studying for her master's and she's did as a paralegal and very smart she got in trouble if she ever got a b and I if I got multiple b's my dad was like good job Carolyn <laughs> So it's like, they're all different. <laughs> so I really believe in the value of low grip, to tr- uh, practicing in a low grip environment. I think that's the most best way to learn. And so I did this mm, whole video about mm-hmm. like why mountain biking is so awesome because mm. you know, put the brakes where they belong and it's slower and it's low grip and you know the braking and the whole thing. And it was like one of those videos that I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Didn't do anything. And then like six months later, it got like 100,000 views in a week. And it's just like, bam. And I'm like, why did that suddenly? Six months. Yeah, it just sat there. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a dud. But sometimes it takes time. It takes time for the algorithm to find who, who wants to watch it. So I have to ask. Yes. Why doodle? What, what, is, the, what is the meaning of doodle? Um, that was my nickname given to me by my martial arts instructor. Um, I, I've been drawing my whole life. I used to want to be a children's book illustrator. And I went to art school, majored in illustration, and I was doing graphic design work for my martial arts instructor. And one day when I came in to show him whatever I was working on, I thought he said, what do you what do you got for me, Doodle? Uh, to this day, I don't know what he really said, but I was like, did you just call me Doodle? And he was like, no, but I will. And after that, nobody called me Carol anymore. My whole my entire school called me Doodle. So now I'm curious, why are there not, why are your thumbnails not a doodle? Why is there not a doodle prominently in all your thumbnails? Because that could be really cool. Yeah, like a drawing. Like the, like the dog? Oh, a drawing? Um, I, I'm very, I very rarely draw anymore. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, I might start it up again, though, because I've been having insomnia this past six years. And one of the things I heard that can help is just doing something fun, like an hour a day that is not work related. But I'm like, but my work is fun. All I want to do is youtube related and writing related and that that really is all work so i'm as of yesterday i was thinking maybe i will start it up again <laughs> like just doing something with no purpose <laughs> literally just to relax so we'll see yeah i struggled with insomnia for years i'm a veteran i always called it like the veteran's curse right like you and then if one year for like uh, my new year's resolution i was like you know i'm just gonna get off of facebook right i'm just gonna just try it Within two weeks, I was sleeping better than I had slept in years. No way. Yeah, apparently I'm such a softie 
that like anytime someone would say like one of the hateful things on Facebook, I would internalize it. Oh, me too. I'd think about it. And I was yes. like, and so getting off of Facebook was the best thing in the world for me. I sleep right now just by getting off of Facebook. Are you serious? Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh no, my whole job is in social media. <laughs> I know, like it's hard. I only hop on Facebook just like to do things and then I leave. Like, and I, I stopped liking or commenting on anything on Facebook and I just go there for Canyon Chaser stuff and then I'm gone. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's crazy. So since we're talking, where would you like your channel to go? What is your vision for where you want the channel to be or your inspiration to grow? Um. Well, I do love road trips, but even and mainly I've been doing videos on them because uh, for me, it's all fun. Whatever I do is on YouTube related to motorcycles fun. So but I don't prioritize what's fun. I prioritize what works for the audience because I do want this to be sustainable. And uh, I don't love anything enough that I'm going to be broke. So I'm like, let me make sure it's performing so it's sustainable. Um, so I've been doing a lot of road trips for that. Um, but. I do also love training. And when I first started showcasing training, I was like taking all the MSF courses and every and those videos were done like just me taking those the courses and showing that. But um, so about a year I didn't show anything about training. But now this year I'm trying to bring it back in a way that it is interesting for the audience. I'm just trying to find a way to make training cool um so kind of what i've been doing what i'm trying this year is kind of putting really basic and difficult challenges in the form of i mean really difficult um training in the form of challenges just because that structure i i found performs really well in the fitness space on youtube's like uh youtube's on youtube for instance like 100 push-ups a day for 30 days challenges those are just like huge in the fitness space so I tried 100 u-turns a day for 30 days and that did really well for me so I was like I'm literally just practicing in a parking lot and it's one of my best videos perfect I'm gonna keep practicing in a parking lot like that so now I'm extending that challenge I'm gonna try it again for 90 days I'd like to try that on dirt bikes and also baggers it's kind of hard to find I don't have a bagger that I own so it's kind of hard to find someone to lend me even the marketing department <laughs> to lend me a Harley to practice U-turns, but we'll see. Um, and I'm also doing a challenge where I'm lifting my motorcycle 100 times a day for 30 days. Um, I've pretty much just made that like my workout session because it's so hard. I'm on like day 18 right now and it's still so hard and I really don't like it. So I'm almost like hoping it doesn't do well because then I, I don't continuing it. But the thing about having youtube and motorcycles so closely related like i don't have a history of riding without youtube like they're together um is that if i do a youtube video and it performs really well that makes me love that even more in riding uh so because that 100 u-turns video did so well that made me love u-turns even more so we'll see if the 100 bike lifts challenge does really well maybe i'll love that too <laughs> but right now i don't <laughs> I don't like that challenge, <laughs> but I am. Yeah. Well, I loved the video where you went to, you did the off-road school. You've done it twice now. The one in California. Yes. Uh-huh. I thought that video was fantastic. I really enjoyed both of those. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's another way I'm trying to showcase training in like a cool, fun way. So I thought if I could show like feature uh, riders that are very skilled, like I'm normally skilled in the industry, that could be a really cool way to do it. So, um, Adventure riding with Jocelyn Slow is is one of them because she does some crazy stuff on obstacle courses. And um, I did one with Champ School. Um, I thought that could be cool, like professional racers. And next I'm working on, um, I'd really like to showcase motor police drills. Like they're, you know how they're motor police officers. They're just so incredibly skilled. I've emailed a lot of departments. I've talked to a lot of police officers. And a lot of them seem really interested in the idea of me making a video featuring them. Uh, but once it gets to this decision maker, I don't hear back. So cross your fingers for me. I'm, I'm still working on on that. But I also loved your Champ School video because I'm a Champ certified coach. So I was yeah, really excited yeah. when that video came out. It was like, oh, right, this is really good. Because we really love getting people into that program. So I'm glad you, and you had a good time with that school. 
Yeah, that was so cool. I, I couldn't believe how much you could improve in just two days. It's insane being able to have so much feedback. What are some topics or trends that you would also like to explore moving forward? You know, because I'm watching your content and I thought you were kind of chasing the itchy boots kind of market. I thought that's where you were kind of headed. But are there other things that you're looking at or wanting to explore more than just the education side of things? I think mainly training and travel. Um, yeah, I, I do like travel, like that itchy boots stuff, but but it takes a lot out of me. And I really love staying home, too. Like, I, I don't love being on the road so long. And um, yeah, so so I really like showcasing training and showcasing like super skilled riders like um, Jocelyn Snow and Champ School and hopefully motor police officers and hopefully professional stunt riders and hopefully military tactical motorcycle training, because apparently that's a thing. <laughs> um, I haven't reached out to them yet, but I'm, I'm I keep I'm I'm hyper focused right now on motor police officers. So I'm like, if I can get that first, then we just put all my focus into making that work. And then once I can do that, then I'll see if I can see about military tactical training with a YouTuber. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think um, that's those are my two main focuses right now. Um, I do like um, showcasing strange and unique locations, too, which I've been doing with my cross country series. Um, like I spent the night in a missile bunker um, road to area 51. Um, what else did I do? Went to an uh, abandoned ghost town. Um, but again, I, I want to keep my channel sustainable. So if those they're doing okay right now, but if those like never, uh, grow, then they, they may not be worth the, the time I'm putting into it. And I, I may instead just like visit that on my own and not make, put all the time and resources into making a video out of it. Um, so yes, yeah, so if I can also showcase like unique places, um, so it's not just about motorcycling, it's also about the adventure. That would be great, but we'll see. We'll see what the audience thinks because they, they have the final say. I did a whole series. I built a little race bike for my wife and I was like, oh, I'll do a whole mm -hmm. series, you know, because the build videos always do great, right? And I did this whole thing, you know, I spent way more than I should have because I'm like, oh, I'm making content. They, they did nothing. <laughs> they, they did terribly. And so it's like, Hmm, how much money can I justify throwing at this like build that you know, like the video made $60, you know, like kind of a thing. And you're like, Oh no. Cause it has to be sustainable. Right. And that's kind of getting us to some of like the creating things. Like, what do you think is the hardest part about being a creator? For, for me, it's probably the trolls. Um, just be, yeah, I was, I would say that's the hardest part because there you get so in the comment section and the, the closest thing I can see to that is kind of like road rage, how how mean people can be in, in cars, like honking at you, tailing you. So, but if they in person, like if you were to bump into someone or if you were to accidentally like brush aside someone, no one reacts that way. It's just when we can't see their face. So I kind of see the comment section as like people kind of behave that way, too. And and that really bothers me. So. I used to, I used to always be on my phone, just like look at reading comment section. But now I limit it to just the first day of release of a video, especially since I've been trying really targeting higher views. The more I've done that, the more trolls I get. And that, and I'm too sensitive for that stuff. I, uh, I try to read every comment, you know, cause I'm in the education space. I'm answering questions, but I've gotten to the point now where if, if a comment has anything that insults me or another commenter on something that is not in their control like what they look like they sound like you know whatever i just block them from the channel like i don't need you you're gone mm -hmm. oh yeah i block left and right yes definitely we don't need this in the world right no mm -hmm. Mm -mm. i do that in life too i have no problem <laughs> blocking unhealthy toxic people out of my life yeah <laughs> it's because it's it's great because i was actually that was a whole question i had for you you know because some of the insults are just like, here I am giving this stuff away for free, right? And like one of the insults, I kind of laughed, but it's like the insult was your eyes are so close together. How can you have any depth perception? And I was like, that's mean. It's kind of funny, what? but like you really went out of your way <laughs> to make that comment. Oh my gosh. And the thing is like, no one would ever say that to you in person. Like never. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, that is so, well. That's a weird one too. I can honestly say I'm. Not, I didn't. None of them like you know. You're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, my eyes are kind of close together. Right? <laughs> you know, and then you're like all self conscious about it, and you're like, oh, my eyes. Like I don't know. <laughs> I know. I keep waiting for someone to say something about my ears. No one's ever been like, dang, her big ears. I'm like, they're they're pretty abnormal. But no one's ever said anything. I'm surprised. No, I've never noticed. Even now looking at them, they look normal to me. I see. Yeah, I see. Your eyes your eyes look normal to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a friend who was, he he, uh, he got married and had like the kid and he had like all of his hobbies. He gave up. So his hobby was to troll. And he didn't actually think any of the things that he said were true. But he would just look for weaknesses in people online and just hit him with that. What the hell? He just wanted the reaction. That's all he cared about. He didn't care about what oh. he was saying or anything. That was just, that was what he did for fun. And that kind of gave me perspective in dealing with these people. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Is this, you, wait, you said this is a friend? Yeah, yeah. Are you still friends with this guy? No, I haven't talked to him in okay. years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm concerned. <laughs> Weird. Interesting. Yeah. He, huh. I always wondered about that because I'm like, I don't know if I know trolls in real life because, you know, they, they don't speak that way in person. So you never know. They're hidden. Yeah, because if they talk like that in real life, they get hit in the face, right? Like someone yeah, would smack yeah. them and it's like, but they act like that in their car, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's how we have to watch out for them. If they have road rage. They might be a troll. You know, like all the, like the, the, the Reddit videos, like the road rage people, like the motorcycle getting like mad at the guy and like, just leave, just get out of that situation. You are so vulnerable. Seriously. Just leave. Do not bring a bike to a car fight. What are you doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. There was one yesterday, like a, a Jeep, like stopped in the lane and the guy stops and starts hitting the tailgate of the Jeep. And you're like, he, all he has to do is put it in reverse, man. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh no. Yeah, I'm so like, probably even to the point of submissive on the point of my bike, just because it's not worth it at all. Like the potential for damage is just so much worse when if you're like a little bump from a car on your bike, like you're going to, that's, that's a lot worse than if someone bumps your car. <laughs> yeah. Totally true. It's, it's part of why I like the dark visor too, because I'm even more like anonymous, right? Like. I'm just another asshole on a motorcycle, just minding my own business, you know? I, I also worry that, like, I, I don't want people to have a bad rep for, of motorcyclists. And they see so few of us, you know? So I, I don't, I don't, I may feel like flipping them off or doing something, but I don't want them to think of riders that way. So sometimes I want to show disappointment, so I'll just shake my head. I'll just be like, I'm like, they can see that, but that's like the the most i usually go the other way thank them like if they pull out and they see me in stock i'll like thanks for seeing me i appreciate you not running me over you know <laughs> well that's nice positive reinforcement positive reinforcement i'm going that route yes yes i like to do that some of that too when i remember <laughs> so what is your favorite part about creating content what do you what's what aspect of it do you enjoy the most probably just how creative it is and limitless like you could really make it whatever you want um yeah like there was a while there was one year where I was doing pretty much all bike reviews mostly bike reviews and and the MSF courses and um and then I realized like I don't have to do this like I don't like doing bike reviews but I also didn't know what else to do what other kind of videos to make so, um, yeah, I've pretty much moved away from that. Like the next year is when I started doing a lot more road trips. And I realized I just I love doing those so much more than bike reviews and the kind of technical stuff and and had much less bike reviews that year. And now I'm not like this year, I'm not doing any bike reviews and it's all just story based videos. So I really like that, how it's just it's it can be whatever you want it to be. What's one thing that you wish people understood about the creation process? You know, that people have these assumptions, they expect, they have these expectations and you're like, I wish you understood like this side of it. I think that it's so much more demanding and challenging and it is still work and it's, 
in a way harder than any job I've done before, just because it's it, it because it is so flexible and because it can be whatever you want it to be. So it also feels like it never ends. Um, so like my office jobs I've had before, I used to design home and holiday products. And I had, you know, I had a regular workday, nine to five, Monday through Friday. And when I went home, I wasn't thinking about work. I wasn't, I usually wasn't still drawing Santa Claus. I was home. I was doing what I wanted to do. And, but now with YouTube, it's difficult to stop. Like, I know I need to for just physical and mental health and social life and having a healthy social life. Um, but it, it can be really hard to stop. And uh, sometimes I wonder if that's why I have insomnia, but I am working on that just by the way. Um, <laughs> so I think that, that it, it can be difficult to stop. It can be very challenging and it is still work. Like I remember um, I had posted something when I was on my cross country trip um, that was six weeks long. I meant for it to be three to four weeks long. But um, yeah, just had a lot of unplanned things happen, like weather, a tornado. I was trying to dodge um, dust storms. Apparently, that's a thing, and you can't ride through that unless you want to die. And yeah, so just a lot of things that made me backtrack, go back on my route, and all this other stuff. But I was, um, you know, I mean, I was gone, so I'm like, I have to get these videos out. Like, I can't just be gone and not like this is my job. Like, if I don't make these videos, I'm uh, that's a wasted six weeks and a very exhausting six weeks. And I was pretty much working every day, like as soon as I got up to right before I went to sleep and seven days a week. And I didn't realize it until I got home because it is fun. I didn't realize how tired I was. But uh, I remember getting home and, and telling my husband, like, all right, my next thing I want to do is record 100 bike lists a day for 30 days. Can you help me put my bike down so I can start it right now while my while it's all still packed up from the cross country? I could see what it's like with all the bags. And um, we couldn't figure it out. I think I, we decided like we'd go to Home Depot and get some like bags of rocks. Eventually, I decided to use tires, like old tires, so I can do those all those reps. And um, after that, I walked into the room into my house, had all my unpacked all my stuff. And as soon as my couch was in my sight, I just felt like this wave of exhaustion come over me. Like, you know, when you stand up too fast and your head's like, like, that's literally what I felt when I saw my couch. I was like, never mind. Let's not go to Home Depot today. I, I don't think I'm going to unpack right now either. How about we just sit on the couch and, and watch Star Trek? And the rest of the day for that day and, and like the next like day, two, um, two days or so, I was so exhausted. And um, and I remember like this was a troll comment that got me really angry. And I ended up blocking the person, even though it wasn't that bad. But they said I said something about the house so tired. And it was basically 12 plus hour workday, seven days a week for six weeks. And someone said, haha, it's not really work. And I just got so mad because I'm like, listen. I am not a lazy person at all. I'm a, actually a very hard worker and a very diligent person. And I'm exhausted. Like, this is, this is hard work. It's very fun. But it is still work. And, yeah. Wait, now I can't remember what your question was. <laughs> I went on a ramble. Um, the one thing you, you wish, wish people, people understood. Yeah, what the thing you wish people yeah, yeah. understood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not just over here screwing around, living our best lives yes but we're not just here screwing out and having fun like we are putting our heart and soul into this like it is a lot and um yeah i got i got really upset at a family member that was mad at me for not coming home earlier i was like i'm literally trying to dodge tornadoes and dust storms and i'm doing my job you think i'm just screwing around so uh i think that that's the main thing it's like this is our job and it's a very addicting one too and, and time consuming, right? Like it's yes. mm -hmm. like a, mm -hmm. one of the videos I did, I wanted to do, there's a little bit where I talk about like, when you close your eyes, what, what do you imagine? Right. And the, the advice was like how to choose a motorcycle. And I was like, so you remember like the 80s sitcoms, they always did the right thing. 
you know, it got wavy. What? Oh, what, when? Yeah, yeah. Right before it goes to like what they're thinking or a dream or something. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, I'll just do that. How hard could it be? It was two hours. It was two hours for me to figure out how to do the stupid wavy thing and then make the next couple of shots look kind of dreamy. And it's like two hours. And, and like, was it worth it? But it's also like how much time it takes. You know, like I can't even imagine how many terabytes and hours of footage you have after six weeks on the road. Eight, where do you store that? How do you organize it? The time it takes, I, I swear, I spend most of my life looking for that one shot I got that one time, you know? Because, like, I think it was in 2021. I think it was in August, <laughs> you know? And you're like, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And and even the things that take a long time, is it's, sometimes it's worth it. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I don't know if you'll do that, spend two hours on that, on that foot, that transition again, but I don't know how you felt. I probably would have felt like, you know, it's worth it though. Yeah. I did one where I did like these cartoony things, you know, it was about how your hand is built. I talked to some doctors, you know, like why do we use these two fingers most of the time on the break? And it's like your hand's built that way. And so I made these kind of cute little graphics. I don't remember for the life of me how I did it. And I look back at that video and I'm like, that's a cute little thing. I should do that again. I don't remember how I did it. I remember it took me all day. It was like all day Saturday to do like the, you know, anatomy with Dave, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't it it be perfect if we just had like someone, like if we could just like copy and paste ourselves and then, and then delegate that to, delegate that to Dave one, Dave two, you do this, Dave three, you do this. And me, original Dave will work on concept aviation. I'll just go for a ride. Oh. I'll just go for a ride. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, there was that movie uh, with uh, uh, multiplicity, I think, with um, Batman, uh, the original Batman. Uh, oh, my gosh. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton clones himself so hey. he can just go hang out with his wife and like all the clones. Oh, <laughs> do all, they do. all. It's a funny movie. It's an old movie. I'm dating myself. But I'm also going to get sidetracked here for a second because you mentioned watching Star Trek. And what is it with motorcyclists in our love of science fiction? Like all of us love sci-fi. What is that? I don't know. Because we're cool. We're not basic girls. We like cool stuff. And Star Trek is cool. What? We're not watching The Bachelor. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just insulted a lot of people now, didn't I? <laughs> That's okay. You're, if you're watching The Bachelor, you have bad taste. You should be watching Brave New Worlds, Seriously. which just came out this week, which is great. Are you watching that one? Brave New Worlds? Yeah, Cap- Cap- Captain Pike. Oh, Strange the, oh, New Worlds. Stra- yeah, yeah, Strange New Worlds. You know, we watched like the first season and I couldn't get into it. So right now we're, I know. So right now we're watching Star Wars. Maybe I'll revisit it again. But right now we're going through all the Star Wars in chronological order. And, uh, but yeah, I haven't, I, I didn't, I didn't love Strange New Worlds. Oh my, I think he's my favorite captain. I think Captain Pike is my favorite captain. He's, he's a great captain. I agree with that. He is a great captain and he has such amazing hair. <laughs> like never moves. Yeah, they call it Pike's Peak. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> you know what? Which one I couldn't stand was uh, what's the one? I think Di- Star Trek Discovery, the one with the crying Vulcan. Jeez, it started out so good, right? Yes. Like, and then it's, all it is about crying all the time. There was so much, and then like, hey, the universe is so about to crying. explode. Let me have this emotional moment with my mother that takes fifteen minutes of screen time. <laughs> oh my gosh can we delay this for a second <laughs> i know i'm like listen i came here for sci-fi and action not drama and talking about your feelings yeah i want spaceships <laughs> and explosions like this is what i'm here <laughs> for seriously i wanted to discover strange new worlds. <laughs> not an emotional relationship with your estranged mom <laughs> no no that's not why we watch star trek exactly <laughs> Oh my gosh. And what a, what a missed opportunity. Like you have a, a, a human that grew up on Vulcan and you make her so emotional and crying all the time. Like that's the cool, the coolest part about Vulcans is how they're so. And then she just stopped being that. I she know. just stopped being cool. The first season I thought was really compelling, right? Like it was this really interesting, you know, and then spaceships that don't even connect. Like what was that about? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I stopped watching it, though, <laughs> after they went to, like, the new universe. Yeah, I felt like the first two seasons of Picard, I thought, were terrible. But the most recent se- season of Picard, I thought, was amazing. 
Oh, good. Because I, I felt like the first two seasons were terrible, too. And we haven't watched the next one. Yeah, this last one, I was like, there's so many Easter eggs. If you're a sci-fi geek, there's Ooh. like, I'm like pausing the screen and I'm like, that's the Genesis device. <laughs> you know? Ooh, okay, good. That, that makes me feel better. I'm like, we're running out of Star Trek. What am I going to do with my life? All right, anyway, we, should, we should get back on the topic because we, I could talk science fiction. So we talked <laughs> about the trolls, right? And trolls suck. And, you know, they should just go for a ride <laughs> instead of leaving mean comments. Okay. Go for a ride and get happy again. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah. Let them go for a ride. Like, relax. Go go find that good road. Maybe they live in Kansas and there are no good roads. <laughs> or Nebraska. You've crossed Nebraska, haven't you? Um, I, I must have. Let me, let me. Or did you Oklahoma? I don't think I went. Let me think. Because I, I, I started to stay lower. No, I didn't go that far north. I stayed, um, I actually went down through, uh, actually, I could show you my screen if I want, and I have my map up. Yeah, show my route. Yeah, let's see. Okay. Okay, so I was actually just, uh, I'm I'm organizing the footage for uh, a video. Oh, you were really far south. Yeah, so I, because I wanted to go to the world's largest Bucky's, so I went here. That's where that is. I don't even know what Bucky's is. (laughs) Wait, what? I've never even heard of Bucky's. What is it? Are you serious? Yeah. It's the they're like these insanely huge, ridic- ridiculously huge gas stations, and they have so many pumps. They have amazing food, amazing bathrooms. There's like a, an attendant there all the time, and there's so many of them. And uh, they have like ridiculous apparel, uh, like I could show you this hat that I got while I was there. <laughs> and um all with their logo i'm I'm just organizing this footage because i was going to pass this video along to an editor so uh that's why i had all this up already ready to go oh you you hire an editor huh just recently i i um have three that i'm rotating through so i've had them start editing my cross-country series and uh yeah, and it's been it's been a big help because normally, at least the way I edit my videos, like I could easily spend full time hours editing. And um, when I was doing that before, I always had to take like a like a lot of breaks and some, including like a two or three month break off of YouTube every year. Just part of it because I was, I guess I, I think I was just so exhausted, like creatively. I'm like, I'm I don't all my videos suck. I don't know what to do. I need a backtracker. So this has been helping me like be able to record other videos like my 100 bike lifts a day and then also 100 U-turns a day um, and also now 100 U-turns on dirt and also commuting. Um, so by so that's my idea is that I'll be able to um, record a lot more by and like not need to take so many breaks and like get creatively exhausted if i do that but uh yeah so it's a new thing i'm trying it's pretty recent this year um but yeah so anyway so this was where bucky's was and then i I didn't take a direct route home because right around here was where a tornado was so i was trying to avoid that so i i stayed extra south to avoid that and then and then got home right over there. Oh, no. Can you uh, blur? I have my... Yes, I will definitely. As soon as you brought that up, I was like, I'll for sure blur that out. Thank you. <laughs> I had my address. <laughs> well, that's even worse. No, I had a dude once that... Uh, this is another reason why I got off of Facebook. Um, he found me on Facebook and he he messaged me and he goes, hey, are you still at this address? I want to talk to you about the last video that you did. And I was like, noping my way out of that as fast as I could. I was like, uh, no, we've moved. We don't live there. Because I have a super, super unique last name. And so I try not to ever put my last name on anything. Same. And the dude like went to County Records, got my address. Yeah. <gasps> so I'm always what like, I'm, yeah, I never put anybody's last name on anything. I'm super sensitive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can see that side of things. That is free. That is so weird. Was he angry? Was he like, I, it was a message. I couldn't tell. It was like an email, but he had my freaking address. Wanna, and I'm like, he wants to come to your house to talk about a video. That's weird. It is totally weird. That is very strange. But apparently like it happens. I don't know. Like I'm a mountain bike guy, uh, Seth Spike Hacks or he's Burn Peak now. Big giant mountain bike channel. He basically had to move people. Um, 
he was building like a little thing in his backyard and people were using Google imagery to find where he lived. And he said they were just like showing up at his door. Oh, my gosh. That is messed up. That is not okay. Ah, being in the public eye. Uh-uh, that's not okay. And I still haven't gotten used to doing selfies with people. That one really weirds me out. Like, I'm always like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Finger good. He's like, yeah, you know what I keep doing? I keep doing this. <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> well, then I realize I'm doing it in, like, every selfie I take with someone. So I'm like, like I was just on, uh, just visiting the Great American Convoy, you know, that Adam Sandoval's doing right around the U.S. Uh-huh. And then I, I was people were tagging me all these pictures i'm like i'm making that same face in every single picture <laughs> yeah like pointing at them i like it because i'm doing the same thing the mouth open thing i don't know what it is like <laughs> i know the mouth open i gotta have like three that i rotate so that it doesn't look like the same thing oh there we go gotta think these things through yeah like and then and then <laughs> it's like um so you like we're getting totally off topic but you know like in uh in uh you can look at your analytics. I mean, they say, put your face in the thumbnails and then uh, you can, you can sort and like, do videos do better when they have yeah. your face in your thumbnails? Yeah. Mine do not. If my face uh, is in the thumbnail, it's like, uh-huh. what does that say about me? <laughs> like, nobody knows. It's that guy. I'm not watching. <laughs> you know, the same thing happened to uh, uh, Justin uh, from Bike and Bird. He told me the same thing. I, I kind of wonder though, it's because um, both of you make very like, informative stuff so i and i wonder if that's it because for me my face does perform better and i hate to think that it's just because i'm a girl but maybe that is why i don't know but i'd like to think that it's because my my videos are more story and personality based so it is kind of about me um but yours are very educational and informative so it's like that that's my guess but i don't i don't know for sure that's a that's really good insight because honestly i try to keep myself out of it like i try not to make it about me in fact, I am actually trying a new, the video I'm ending right now is a big departure for me. And it's, it's kind of scary because it is going to be more story-based. I'm trying to do a story-based <gasps> video. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I've got like the first minute done. What's it, what's it called? Do you have a title yet? I don't have a title. Is it a secret? No, no, it's not a secret. It's um, so <gasps> no title yet. I know it's a, I'm breaking all the rules. You are bad. I, I think I have the thumbnail figured out, but not the title. Oh, you're bad. But I've never done a story video because my background is journalism. Oh, you'd be so good at it then. No, journalism is reporting. Oh, right. It's not about you and the story. It's about the. Right. So I have like notes. I have like I have like pages of notes. I don't know if you can see like all my notes about how oh. to make stories. Like, you need to have a surprise for it to be a story. You need yeah. to have stakes. You need to have tension. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You need to conflict. Yes. <laughs> See, you're better at this. You're better at the storytelling. I don't know. Like, what was the one you did? The, 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 oh, in Tombstone. You did the thing in Tombstone, like the murder capital of the world. Like, that was a great title, by the way. That was really good. Thank you. It, it's doing okay. I, I, I have ho- high hopes for it, though. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> And then the where you, your uh, magpie got trapped under the under the motorcycle. Yeah, that was good, good tension. That was that was not on purpose. Either. <laughs> I was we were not like, hey Amanda, can you just get trapped under your bike? Because this is gonna be make a real good thumbnail. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was I actually that whole video was like because that was so that was I I mean she seemed to get over it pretty quickly, but I was very stressed out. I'm like, are you okay? Your is your leg okay? And it turned out later her leg was pretty swollen. But um, yeah, she she was I was so stressed out that I like and then with the temperatures uh, getting so cold, my battery kept dying. So I don't know if you if you saw that video, um, I interject a lot of clips from Sarah Gordo's channel, um, Ghost Town Living, because I had so little footage because I kept forgetting to like pay attention to the camera and also the battery kept dying. So it was like editing it was a disaster like i i did pass that one along and it was so difficult i was like this this is terrible but it's not your fault i don't know how to what to tell you so let me just like feel my way through it and i'll edit it myself and uh that's why there's so much clips from the person's channel because i was like i'm missing so much here because i was so flustered yeah when i started off i wanted to be moto geo 
right? But there already was a Moto Geo. Moto Geo? Yeah, he doesn't really make much content, but his content is fantastic. He uh, he basically gets a motorcycle from one of the manufacturers and does like a quick little ride with it, but he does it more of like, I'm going to ride Oregon on my Pan America or whatever. I'm going to look him up. And uh, But I discovered that the, the, the travel thing is kind of my true love. And I, I kind of keep that to myself. Like, <gasps> oh, when you, when you videotape it, you got to do it. You don't experience it anymore. When you're, when you're taping the whole thing, you don't get to just oh. like, you know, so that's kind of sacred to me. I don't know. Well, well, I've thought about it. I did one years ago. I did an Oregon trip and my wife had a horrible crash. Like the only time she's ever crashed a motorcycle. I have it on camera mm. and uh, I made a story out of that one. And uh-huh. I think I just, I didn't, it takes so much footage to make a good it does. thing. Yeah. You would need like a team of people to follow you around with cameras. Yeah. Yeah. Um, road trips are, are very consuming. I would say time consuming and energy consuming to, to make his videos. Um, but I, I would, I've never gone on a road trip without making a video out of it. So I wouldn't know what that's like. Like, uh, yeah, my, my riding is totally affected by youtube just because both of them started together like they're totally intertwined so when you're writing are you thinking about the next video and like how you're going to script the next video and like how, what shots you're going to get um no not while i'm riding probably because i i do that before i go out on a ride but pretty much all my riding now is it is going to be on my channel like i don't i don't ride for leisure anymore let me think do i have i ridden anywhere no because now i'm also doing a commuting video so now i'm riding whenever i go to the msf too i'm recording when i go to the msf too so uh no but i i do a lot of planning um just this year i started doing this i do a lot of planning before i start recording and that's helped so much with uh the edit process so, um, so I'm not doing that while I'm on the bike. Um, plus I won't remember, I have to write everything down or it's, it's gone or, or it pops up in my head again at like two or three in the morning when I just want to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, why now? Right. Well, like people always ask me, how do you deal with all your GoPro footage or like your GoPro uh-huh. overheating? And I'm like, my GoPro gets turned on for the shot that I need. And then I turn it uh-huh. off and it goes back and I'm yeah. like, I'm not just recording. Mm-hmm. The only time yeah. the GoPro runs is when I'm on track because I have no other option. Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. to run for the full session, but yeah, yeah, just get the shot you need. I recently started doing that too. Yeah, just on road trips, I used to record everything, like the entire, like even just nine hours on the highway, I recorded all that, and then I would scrub through, see like, oh, this is an interesting sign. I'm like, that's a terrible use of my time. <laughs> so now I, I just do a clip here, and there, and especially for the GoPro footage, that's not, um, yeah, that's not popular. I've noticed. Yeah, there's just too much of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, re-watching a lot of Casey Neistat content mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and looking at how he does it, you know, because he's a one-man mm-hmm. band, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of clever what he does. Like, he just sets it up, walks mm-hmm. out the door, you know, and then, or walks into the door, and then he just runs back and, and just cuts out the other stuff. And so he builds yeah. these, like, really mm-hmm. simple little sequences. Pretty easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he, for him, it's like, editing and producing he can do that in his head so easily like uh he has a course on on like studio.com or something and i I took it and he talked about how he and he showed like his whole process and he basically like edits chronologically i mean not edits he records chronologically he like is already picturing what the video is gonna look like and then i'm like oh you mean you don't just figure out scrubbing through all the footage once you already have it and like so, uh, so I thought that was pretty neat. I, I did actually the tombstone video. I, I edited it in that way, like kind of the way he teaches, like it's all planned ahead of time. And then we're pretty much recording it pretty much chronologically. Um, yeah, it's really neat how much he can do in his own head before he hits the record button. Yeah. If so teach like the instructional videos are hard. Cause I need like an example of the thing I'm talking about, but when I've been able to do that chronological thing, like shoot it chronologically and it, it goes so fast you can yeah you can get it done so quickly it's amazing i want to do more of that i know it's i that's why like i i've been reluctant to pass off the editing thing because mm-hmm. to me that's mm-hmm. a big part of the creative process you know you can change the whole story in the edit 
you know, or change the pace or change the timing, but it is time consuming. It is like, um, the, some of the more, my road trip style videos, like, um, the, like the cross country kickoff video and pretty much all my road trip videos. Um, and I'll do the same with my cross country finale video. Cause that'll be road trip style too, where it's just so much footage. And I really, I didn't plan it. It's across like several days. And uh, like those I'll edit myself because I like feel my way through and find it in the edit. But um, a lot of these videos on the cross on my cross country series, like the one for Tombstone, Town Too Tough to Die, and then um, Overnight uh, in a Missile Bunker. I really kind of planned that out. Like I planned out what my hook was going to be. I planned out like the intro and then planned out talking points. So I it was fairly easy to record somewhat in order but then organize the files in order to pass along to an editor so those those ones have been pretty easy to pass along uh but right now i have no clue how i could pass along a road trip video like that i i'll probably still be editing those myself but but yeah those are the way yeah i think by the time you organize the content where you could pass it off you may as well just edit it what are some of the challenges that you've kind of faced or dealt with being a female rider, you know, the the less populous demographic? I don't know. I think I don't really think that there are many challenges. There's a lot more um, excitement. Like, I bet when you pull up to a gas station, no one comes up to you and says, you're on a motorcycle. Great job. Fantastic. Um, but I. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> so that's not really a challenge. That's like a that's like more like a funny thing that happens a lot. I'm like, this is happening because I'm a girl. So <laughs> people saying great job just for riding a motorcycle. Um, so probably that's something that comes to mind is just like a a common thing. Um, challenges. I guess I you know what I would say that um, I have noticed in my like my comment section has affected the way I present myself on YouTube. Like, um, but I think in a good way, like uh, when I started YouTube, I, when I was first like watching YouTube videos, I noticed that the popular women motorcycle channels were focused on appearance. So their makeup was done, their hair was done. They were in tank tops. They looked cute. And so I started focusing on that too. And I started dressing and presenting myself in a way that I don't normally and in a way that I don't even with my friends. So basically I wasn't being myself. And um, I thought I was just getting cute. But in my comment section, that made like, I got a lot of like perverted comments. So I, it, I made me be a lot more conservative and but also more myself but also on youtube i'm more conservative uh the way the way i dress than i am in real life so um for instance i'm very uh wary and intentional if about shorts and tank top like in person if it's a hot day i have no problem wearing that but with the cameras out i'm like uh be careful what i'm showing be careful because someone will like i'll see a peak in the retention if i turn around and i'm just walking away or I'll see. I know it's so weird. I'm like, That's I was just, crazy. I'm like, I was literally just walking. I, I wasn't like, I didn't drop something and go, oops. <laughs> like, uh, so I, I try to be extra cautious about that um, and intentional online because of that. So maybe that's a challenge. I don't know if it's a challenge, but if it is something that I do. Um, that I think is specific to being a female rider, at least online in person. I don't know, but online, I, that is something that I think about and I'm conscious about. That's, I, I never even considered that, never even thought about it, never even entered my mind. I know, right? Me neither. <laughs> that you would get a peak in retention. That's insane. I know, I know. Me neither. I had no idea. I'm <laughs> That's the the internet, I guess. <laughs> Next question. Um, do you have any superstitions or rituals before you ride? Yeah, I guess use if I remember, I'll right before I take off, especially on a long trip, I'll say, Thank you, God, for keeping me safe. Um, but that's it. Just that one. 
or uh, any like a, a piece of motorcycle equipment, not the obvious stuff that you won't ride without. No, not besides gear. But I'm guessing that's what you mean by <laughs> without the obvious stuff. Yeah, not the obvious stuff. Like I wouldn't ride without a helmet. Like that, but that's not really like a superstitious thing. Yeah, it's... like a like no lucky rabbit's foot or anything. I do have a guardian bell, but I haven't put it on my bike. It's just sitting in in the kitchen. Maybe that would help me not drop my bike so much. <laughs> <laughs> my best man gave me a guardian bell like 25 years ago at my wedding, and it's I've used it from motorcycle to motorcycle to motorcycle that entire Aww. time. So that guardian bell. It's on my multi-strata right now. It's been there for like the dongle wore out. And so I made like a little wire, put like a little nut on it. So it would still dingle dangle. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so. The dongle can wear out. Wow. Apparently like 25 years, like that's 25 years of motorcycling. And I used to put on an insane amount of miles. That's a good, that's a good ritual. Wow. That's a good ritual. I don't know if it is. I think it's just, it's more of a memory of, of my best man. Oh, what is the biggest challenge for riding motorcycles? Um, at least for me, at my size, is figuring out the tricks to manage larger bikes. Um, especially since when you ride in the U.S. and if you w- want to do long road trips, it's much more comfortable to do it on a bigger bike, like that has a, a huge tank that can handle like that the fact that there can be vast expanses in the middle of the u.s with no gas stations and uh able to really pack it up and still able to keep the throttle pinned at highway speeds like all day and not leave with like vibration ghosts on your hands so uh so yeah big bikes are are very comfortable and worth the learning curve but i think the challenge for me for a while was one learning that there was a learning curve like i thought oh it's too big i shouldn't ride it but now I know, oh, no, it's just you just got to learn some tricks. So I think one, learning that there is a learning curve and two, learning them and getting good at them. What is your favorite thing about riding? What would be the perfect motorcycle day? I really like learning new things with it. Like when anything that's been difficult becomes not difficult anymore. I really like that feeling. Um, so like a, if I started the day off with some training and then ended it with an adventure like going on a on a nice road trip somewhere really scenic and pretty that'd probably be a a really good day even better if it's not too humid and i get some really good food (laughs) throughout it and lots of water (laughs) last question what advice do you have for new riders trying to get into the sport like what are some of the things that you've learned that you really want to pass on to inspire people to take it on because one of the sobering statistics out there is that 85% of riders who enter the sport leave within two years. They give up, <gasps> you know? What? Yeah, that's, that's been a big motivator for me too, right? So where, where are we failing these new riders? You know, where, where are we letting them down that they give up, you know? Weird. Like, like one of my big ones, I know you're doing the U-turn challenge, which is, you know, but I think there's pressure in our industry that's like, you have to be able to do like lock to lock U-turns with your feet on the pegs. Right. And I see new riders all the time. They start dropping their bike and they get discouraged and it's not fun for them. You know, then they give up and it's like, Mm. that shouldn't deter you, you know, like put your foot out. Who cares? You know, like, yeah. Worry about that later. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. But what advice would you give to help bring that number down? I think I kind of see where that I could have been that statistic when I I upgraded to a Triumph Bonneville from my Suzuki S40 and I didn't know about tricks for handling taller bikes that you're tiptoeing on so that bonneville the when i first had it i it was like oh every time i went out for a ride with it i either dropped it or almost dropped it and it felt so big and top heavy i mean now it feels i'm like that thing is tiny what but back then it just i and i just thought it was me i thought well i'm just i just can't ride bigger bikes than i I'm just stuck with a one-cylinder 650cc cruiser that can barely handle the highway. And so that's when I was, I seriously considered like maybe riding just isn't for me. And, um, and actually someone in my audience told me about Jocelyn Snow. And that's when I saw like, oh, there are ways to handle like everything that's difficult in riding. Like it being difficult doesn't mean you can't do it or you shouldn't do it. Unlike the stupid trolls like to say, like there's always a way to learn how to handle what's difficult in riding. So 
I think that's probably the advice I would give is never stop learning. And um, yeah, just because it's difficult doesn't mean you shouldn't. It just means you haven't learned the tricks for it yet. Well, um, I've had a great time. Well, thank you. Thanks, Dave. This has been fun. And maybe we should do something <laughs> together. Maybe we should do some sort of collab. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to collab. But... I know. I'm never sure how to do that too, but I think so. Well, because the motorcycle community seems so like adversarial, right? Like, no, if you do well, that means I do poorly. And I don't think that's how it works. No, I don't like that attitude with anything. (laughs) Yeah, me either. Me either. Just because they watch your video doesn't mean they're not going to watch mine or vice versa. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Raising. What's the expression? Raising tides. Raise. Oh, yeah. A rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. Yes. 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 If you do better, we do better. We all do better. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. All right, Carolyn. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Mm